And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Well, good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy hump day, indeed. Four-day work week. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like uh, something that wouldn't apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always skeptical of these kind of things because, you know, us broadcasters, we don't really uh, fit into the pool of those who are able to benefit from such systems. Mm. I mean, we don't even get red days off, especially mm. on radio. So, uh, Bitter? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, but, uh, you know, I mean, sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, you know, we all want a four-day work week, but how unproductive would mm. uh, uh, would uh, people be if we had a four-week? I think people just get lazy. We'll have Tuesday blues then in ah, that case. You think so? Your glass is half yeah, empty this morning. Eesh. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm yeah. trying to be bitter and uh, sound yeah. like old man syndrome, but um, mm. <laughs> but I'm just wondering in terms of economic value, yeah. would a four-day work week actually prove to be beneficial? Or... For both employers and employees, because that's a very much the tug of war, right? Because right. it should be about boosting productivity, making, uh, I I don't know. In some cases, if people work in customer service, the customer experience by extension could be uh, up as well, I suppose, if employees yeah. feel better treated. But you're right. Yeah. It's a tricky question, which is why these experiments are being conducted in different parts of the world to see if it's effective. And just because it works halfway around the world doesn't mean it works for us. So I guess we have to make those comparisons, too. I would rather have less working hours for five days oh. than have four working hours for four days. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. All right. I'll have a discussion. You free time. Yeah. <laughs> to each their own though, huh? <laughs> oh, we're going too deep into this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly we're invested in the story. Uh, we'll talk about it more on World Deconstructed this morning. It's time for Keyword News. Let's get our listeners mm-hmm. caught up with our headlines this morning as well. Uh, this is our first pick of the day. Air power. South Korea and the U.S. have conducted more military demonstrations to show their readiness against North Korean threats. This time they showed off their air power. That's right. So the drill was held uh, in the West Sea uh, this time. And Seoul said it was in response again to North Korea's launch of eight ballistic missiles that happened on Sunday. Uh, Pictures released by South Korea's military uh, have shown the aircraft flying in a tight triangular formation. So um, essentially, it's another joint drill. Now, the exercise involved 16 South Korea fighter jets. They include the F-35A, F-15K and KF-16. Four F-16 fighters from the U.S. Air Force also took part. Uh, The South Korean military said, quote, the ROK U.S. has demonstrated its strong ability and willingness to strike against North Korea's provocations quickly and accurately. It added that the two countries are watching for further provocations by North Korea as well. Um, Now, the aerial drill came a day after the Allies fired eight surface-to-surface missiles off South Korea's east coast. Uh, The drill also was conducted while U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman was speaking to her South Korean counterpart, Choi Hyun Dong, in Seoul to Uh, discuss North Korean issues as well. Mm. Uh, The flights also came amid renewed fears that Pyongyang is on the verge of carrying out a new nuclear weapons test, what would be the first since 2017, indicating possibly heightened tensions on the peninsula. Yeah, Yeah, we've been mentioning this possible nuclear test for a a few weeks now, uh, and the assessment doesn't seem to be really changing from the South Korean and U.S. side. And uh, Even more institutions are joining in that assessment. The International Atomic Energy Agency, for one, says North Korea may have opened 
an access way to its Punguri test site. Um, now, a special U.S. representative for North Korea, Sun Kim, who's also in Seoul, also says so, uh, North Korea appears to uh, have completed preparations as well. He warned that a nuclear test will be met by what he called swift response from the U.S. and its allies. Um, he declined to comment on any specific measures the U.S. may take. Uh, but he also stressed that Washington will continue to remain open to dialogue with no end date, in his words. Um, Wendy Sherman also said any nuclear test will be in complete violation of UN Security Council resolutions and mm. there would be a swift and forceful response to such a test. Mm. Uh, South Korea and the US have been saying for weeks there are signs of a nuke test coming soon. They're just unable to kind of pinpoint mm. exactly when uh, and if, actually, it will happen. Um, North Korea is in the middle of one of its busiest years uh, for weapons tests. So, of course, they're steering more towards the likelihood that a nuclear test could be followed. Um, now, it is attempting, uh, the regime is attempting to make progress on a, a kind of a weapons development wish list that was laid out by leader Kim Jong-un last year. So mm. that probably could be one of the reasons for this kind of accelerated and more frequent provocations mm. that are being conducted by Pyongyang. Mm. Um, and of course, there's a new administration in place in South Korea and mm. more hardline stances from both South Korea and the US when mm. it comes to North Korea as well. Uh, most ironically, North Korea recently assumed a leadership role at the top nuclear disarmament forum at the United Nations. That's because it comes mm. in alphabetical order. But we want to talk about more of that angle uh, coming up in our second hour in detail as well. Let's in the meantime, move on to our second keyword of the day. Recession. So more gloomy outlooks are coming out regarding the global economy and its growth rate. The World Bank says the world economy faces a protracted period of weak growth and high inflation, reminiscent of the 1970s. So tell us the details. Right. So, so we weren't born or lived in the 1970s, so don't, <laughs> we don't know how bad it was. But uh, we do know uh, in the history books that the 1970s was a very hard time for the world economy. Uh, and now we are kind of seeing indicators reminiscent and uh, similar to that. And the World Bank said in a report that for large and small nations around the globe, the prospect of averting a recession is fading. Uh, global economic expansion is expected to drop to 2.9% this year from 57 in 2021, according to the report. That is 1.2 percentage points lower than the 4.1 percent predicted in January. Now, reasons include the war in Ukraine, supply chain chokeholds of bottlenecks, COVID-related lockdowns mm. in China, and dizzying rises in energy and food prices. Uh, dizzying being kind of an understatement at the moment. Mm. And now the outlook is not only darker than uh, one produced six months ago before. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but also below the 3.6% forecast in April by the IMF. Um, growth is expected to remain muted next year. For the remainder of this decade, it is forecast to fall below the average achieved in the previous decade as well. Um, other than a handful of oil exporting nations like Saudi Arabia, which are kind of benefiting from prices being above $100 a barrel, there's barely a spot on the globe mm. that has not seen its outlook dim pretty dire at the moment. Mm. Um, among the most advanced economies like the US uh, and the continent of Europe, growth is forecast to slow to 2.5% this year. China, the world's second largest economy, is projected to see uh, growth drop to 4.3% uh, from 8.1% in 2021. And of course, the worst hit would be the emerging nations, uh, the developing nations, 
Um, now, roughly 75 million more people will face extreme poverty, according to the report, than were expected before the pandemic. Uh, per capita income in developing economies is also expected to fall 5% below where it was headed before the pandemic as well. Mm. Um, at the same time, government debt loads are getting heavier, a burden that will grow as interest rates increase and raise the cost of borrowing. We've had a lot of uh, record budgets, not just here in Korea, but a uh, many countries across the world because mm. they were trying to help pandemic hit businesses mm. um all these pointers uh of stagflation are drawing kind of parallels as we mentioned uh, with the 1970s where it was a period of intense stagflation mm. um, which required these increases steep increases in interest rates and this triggered of course a string of financial crises in emerging markets and developing uh, economies as well Uh, and the World Bank's report offers what it calls the first systematic comparison between the situation and now and that of 50 years ago. So, yeah, we're not really heading to a better place uh, in terms of economic growth, unfortunately, for the time being, according to the World Bank. Uh, things are looking bleak. Uh, let's stay with the economy section for our third keyword of the day. IPEF. So South Korea has formed a negotiation team for upcoming consultations with members of the U.S.-led Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. So what's the latest? Right. So the team will involve officials on trade, finance and foreign affairs. Seoul says they are looking to create a leading role for South Korea in this framework and to maximize the economic benefits as well. Uh, relevant ministries actually did meet yesterday to discuss ways to cooperate closely on the newly launched economic initiative. It is an economic initiative. It's not a free trade pact. Right. Uh, there are some kind of um, confusion surrounding that. So I just wanted to clarify. Mm. Uh, relevant ministries met yesterday uh, to, um, uh, sorry, excuse me, Trade Minister An Dok-gun uh, will attend ministerial meetings and the Trade, uh, Foreign and Finance Ministries mm. will join hands for related subcommittee consultations on four key areas of the initiative. They are trade, supply chains, clean energy and tax and anti-corruption. Uh, the last two kind of being bundled into one mm. pillar. Now, the government says relevant ministries will work together as one team, but depending on the agenda, related ministries will lead the discussions alone. Of course, they'll have their own areas of expertise. Now, to maximize the benefits of joining the IPEF and to strengthen economic security, uh, the government is also planning to work with the country's private sector as well, um, a public-private strategy meeting and a consultative body for each of the four pillars uh, will be implemented soon to help the government communicate closely with uh, business groups. So this is kind of in line with Yoon Sung-yeo's plan to have more private uh, companies join in as economic policies. All right, and on to our fourth keyword of the day. Truckers' strike. So as expected, unionized cargo truckers nationwide went on a general strike yesterday. Uh, can you provide us with the details? Sure. Now, the latest general strike was joined by 8,200 union members on the first day. A union official said the strike went on as planned because talks with the government fell through. Uh, the official basically said they tried to another round of talks in light of the fact that they also realized that their strike could deal a blow to the local economy and mm. logistics as well. Um, but unfortunately, no agreement was made. Now, the transport ministry said about 9,000 carriers, around 40% of some 22,000 member uh, uh, mm. members of the union, are estimated to have taken part in a ceremony to mark the launch of the strike. Um, they are demanding that freight rates, uh, which guarantee basic wages, must be achieved. 
they're talking about this kind of safe trucking freight rate system, which was introduced during the first wave of the pandemic in 2020. This was basically to deter dangerous driving and to ensure minimum wages of uh, drivers. Mm. It's actually scheduled to expire at the end of this year. Mm. Um, now, the truckers numbering at least 25,000 want this system to be extended due to rising fuel costs. Now, the government said logistic losses are not that large for the moment anyway, as the government has taken precautionary measures. A total of 12 harbours across the road, uh, across the country, are operating normally, but there has been some reduction in activities in some of them. Over in Pusan, for example, uh, where there's more than a thousand container trucks usually entering and exiting every hour, Mm. traffic um, was visibly reduced. Uh, Non-striking truckers, fearing interruptions from their striking colleagues, have become kind of passive participants in this industrial action. Uh, Some of them did not actually turn up for work. Uh, Police, though, did say that they'll firmly respond to any illegal acts um, and also steal from some uh, from uh, large steel makers and uh, alcoholic drinks from major liquor uh, Mm. manufacturers are also not being exported as well. Mm. Um, And the president also said the walkout should be handled according to principles as well. And the ministry said it's ready to sit down with the Labour Union for talks on their demand. All right, and quickly on to our final keyword of the day. Stocks drop. The Korean stock market has taken another big hit amid high inflation and subsequent monetary tightening across the globe. What's the latest? Yeah, so yesterday the benchmark Kospi tumbled just over 1.6% from Friday. The Kosdaq dropped nearly 2% um, compared to Friday. The market was closed, of course, on Monday because of uh, Memorial Day. Um, Now, uh, institutions dumped a net 823 billion won. Foreigners uh, sold a lot as well. Retail investors bought 992 uh, billion won. Um, Now, investors remain wary of the U.S. Fed's hawkish stance. Uh, They are wary of the more aggressive monetary tightening uh, by the Fed. That's putting more upper pressure on the U.S. dollar. Um, And, of course, this is taking a toll on the uh, local uh, stock market. Uh, Most blue chip stocks as well were also uh, closed. uh, They also closed lower. Mm. Uh, Samsung Electronics, the market bellwether, lost nearly 2%. LG Chem shedding about 5%. Um, Hyundai Motor dropping about 2% as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only gainers were really the gaming firm Crafton, which jumped to 6%. Uh, SK Innovation as well added nearly f- uh, 5% um, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local currency closed uh, 120, uh, 1,257 one against the US dollar. That's plunged about 15 one from the previous mm-hmm. close, and it's the sharpest fall in 13 months. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Adam, for today's coverage. And sorry to rush you through that last story. Tomorrow, we'll dwell, I guess, a shorter time on the first question. (laughs) See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.